Welcome aboard. This is your Captain Johnny. And first mate Jess, thank you for joining us on our chaotic journey through fan fiction. This podcast will contain adult situations and themes. I would strongly suggest using caution when listening in public. But what do I know? We do not own these stories or characters. They're just along for the ride upon the Ships of Chaos. Hello, our loyal listeners. This is Johnny. And I'm Jess. Hello. So, Jess, how was your week this week? You know, (laughs) I've... It's just been shitty, I guess. I mean, I I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm working on a project. People are just shitty people, right? <laughs> people are just shitty. This is my first type of project. And there are expectations that are set that nobody seems to communicate until you aren't even close to reaching that expectation. So instead of assisting you to become a better project manager, they fucking shame the shit out of you until you're like, am I even good at my job? Like, do I, what, what am I fucking doing? And that's how I feel. And I don't think booze will help me. I'm trying stress tea right now. I'm hoping a little bit of Derek and Styles will make me feel better because honestly, all I want to do is hide in my bed and cry like a big baby. It sucks. That was pretty much my week too. Like I worked a 13 hour shift and then today I worked a 10 hour shift. Yeah. It's exhausting. From like 5 a.m. to like 3 p.m. this afternoon, I had a freaking migraine. Mm. And I told my boss, I think I need to go home because this migraine is not going anywhere. And he's like, if you go home, it'll count against you. Yeah. And it shouldn't be that way. Especially if you're a good employee, like, Migraines happen and, and they could get worse. Like I, my husband gets migraines so bad that he'll throw up. He's dizzy. Like he loses all sense of balance. It, like it's not just like a, oh, I got a headache. Migraines are a real thing. Yeah. Like I literally had to go out. I literally ran outside and puked my guts out at one point. Oh, geez. Did you end up staying your whole day? Yeah. I ended because up you didn't playing. want it to count against you. Yeah. Shitty. I'm sorry, Johnny. But I am excited to read more Derek today. For sure. I, I definitely think this is, <laughs> this is, I've been looking forward to this all day. Yeah. I honestly, I, we haven't met in like over a week. Oh, it's been a while, long while. <laughs> I've missed your face, by the way. <laughs> Honest, we were recording this on chaotic thursday it is so go ahead so it is actually the day after inauguration day oh yeah i was gonna say so today's the day that the people that listen to the podcast on chaotic thursday got to hear our train wreck of an episode last week (laughs) we're not drinking tonight so tonight may should probably go a little smoother but hopefully you know the episode was fun to listen to I, I had fun editing it kind of then I got annoyed with us I'm like, what's, what's wrong with us I haven't listened to it yet is it is it that bad uh, you know what I don't think it's that bad it's just a little longer than our normal episode I think we clock in at 
an hour 15. I, I just looked at it and it said like a thir- an hour 13 and a half. Yeah, something like that. It's, you know, it's a, it's a fun episode. We had fun recording it. That's all that matters. Yeah. I'm actually just finished drinking a milkshake. That, that was my. What kind of milkshake? Chocolate. Ooh, chocolate. Mm. I needed chocolate this week. Yeah, I feel you. I feel that deep. I'm like stress eating. I'm chained to my desk. I've said this before, but I'm like stuck at my desk all day and I can't eat because I can't get up. I've taken my laptop with me to like try to make food, but it doesn't work all the time. So I'm like stress eating. Uh, I was like binge eating pretzels today. I'm just, this is bad for my diet and everything. I just hate everything. And I felt like I was going to vomit today in a meeting because I was like trying to I was being held accountable for something that I really didn't know I was accountable for. So I felt like I was going to throw up, but I felt like I was going to throw up part of my soul. Like (laughs) I'm slowly dying inside. And I don't mean to complain. I don't mean to complain. Like I I know there are worst places to be in, but it just, it's exhausting mentally, mentally exhausting. Usually I like my job, you know, and like we, there are times when we have like no customers and we have some like really crazy conversations. And then there's days like today where I just wish I wasn't there. Yeah. Like if you, if you saw my post on Steric on one of the conversations we had at work. That's awesome. But let's, let's not bring everybody down. Let's get into something exciting. Yeah. Why why don't you recap last week's episode or yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, I just edited it too. You'd think I would have a better memory. Last week, <laughs> last week, Derek and Styles are going through the cave. No, 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 they're already in the cave. They're already in Cora, the cave. Okay, so this is, they, they pick up from Cora and team like attacking them, but they pick up and they're trying to get out of the cave, right? Cora's leading them out to where she knows an exit is. And Gerard and his gang of assholes are trying to kill them, like smoke them out by using uh, mountain ash. So they're trying to get out of the cave mine, not a cave. It's a mine. It's trying to get out of the mine and they get out. They kill all of Gerard's people, but they keep Gerard with them. Styles has a shotgun now. And we end the chapter in a big puppy pile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Derek is literally carrying Gerard like a sack of potatoes over his shoulder. Yep, like a sack of potatoes. And Cora kind of, like, senses that there's something going on between Derek and Styles, and just doing, like, that sisterly thing of, like, oh, so, how long have you guys known each other? <laughs> And Styles like, oh, a couple months now. Yeah. And we get Derek who's getting like embarrassed and like, but then we get like the sweet moments of Derek and his sister, like reconnecting and having conversations. So I don't think I'm missing anything. Yeah. Importantly, Gerard is with them. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're all safe. They're all now part of Derek's alpha pack. Yeah. That that was an important part you left out was, um, I said it now, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't the top of my list but (laughs) yeah yeah no but they're all part of the and they accepted 
Styles because he was doing his like human howling. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to get into this. I, I think I don't think we're missing anything, are we? I don't think we are. If we are, let us know in the comments in, on our Facebook page. Hyper little Nori will let us know. <laughs> and I'm sorry anything. I haven't been like active as much as I should be. Work is crazy. So I don't have a soul anymore. So yeah, yeah, you do. You're here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we, I think we will get a lot of voices this time. Are we going to hear Gerard? We're going to hear Gerard. So you want to just j- jump right in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. We're going to do the whole do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do dream sequence thing. <laughs> okay. The cold of the mines made his breath leave his parted lips in great swirls of white mist as he panted for breath. He gasped like a land fish. Yet he was completely frozen, useless in the dark, lost in the void. It was black. All he could see was the fog of his breath. His heart hammered a violent tempo against his ribcage, a horrifying, dreadful orchestration that swelled and swelled without a peak. He couldn't breathe. His fingers twitched in the black earth as he stared up at the narrow slits in the cavernous ceiling far above, his only chance to escape. They grew further and further away as he stared up at them. Or was he the one that was falling away? His fingers dug in the earth again, but it tumbled away like sand, his last grip on reality. Styles cried out, but no sound came, only a vast echo of nothingness, the same silence of the mines. He twisted his head this way and that, just able to make out the tunnels all around him. So many forks in the blind path through the darkness that all seemed impossible. He couldn't do it. Distant, moundful howls sounded. Not the hopeful tones of the pack, but lost, sorrowful sounds of everything he had to lose. Suddenly, fingers locked around his and his head swiped to the side. No upward in the directionless nothing to find the distant light of the world above, silhouetted by Derek. It was black around him, but he could see every inch of detail on Derek's face. See his panicked look as he reached for Styles. His face grew gaunt and pale, stretching and stretching, and his eye sockets fell empty and like lifeless, like those of the bone men. At that thought, he saw the bone men merge out of the darkness. Long claws were where their fingers should be sinking into the flesh of Derek's shoulders and dragging him back. Styles screamed with the, a gaping, soundless mouth, watching as everything he loved in Derek's burned out of his eyes and the fire of the bone men glowed from within. Styles' eyes squinted shut against the horrifying image, squeezing so hard his eyes ached. Okay. What a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) I like Okay. When his eyes opened, he saw a milky orange out overcast sky. Startling bright. Nope, that's not a word. Startling. (laughs) Startlingly bright against the darkness of his lids. He jerked up, watching as Derek's head twisted in his direction. 
He stared about their makeshift camp wildly. Derek was close beside him, Cora standing, shrugging on one of Derek's longer shirts again while the others hunched, still in their wolfskins like guard dogs about to pound. Cora squeezed her brother's shoulder and stalked toward the old man, struggling violently on the ground to ride himself with both his legs and feet bound. Stiles saw the dark bruising against his face and the dried blood on his mouth and knew a moment of dazed satisfaction. His nightmare faded to the background of his thoughts and left only unsettled anxiety behind, made worse by the sneer on the old man's face as he looked straight at them. You choose these monsters over your own kind, Gerard breathed darkly. Styles didn't blink. The, the only monster I see is you. Ooh, solid burn, Styles. Gerard <laughs> spat on the ground to his side, whether to rid his mouth of the coppery taste of old blood from where he'd been struck, or just to show his distaste for his captors. Styles wasn't sure. There are so few of us left in the world, he began wearily. There aren't enough for us to be separated into werewolves and humans anymore, or humans and supernaturals, whatever. We're all just people who survive something, who survives something awful and are hoping for something better. And hopefully going somewhere better, his mind supplied, thinking of his dad and the home he'd built that Styles had only ever heard Derek talk of like it was a, a dream. Styles sat up a little straighter. The, mo the bone men swallowed us all up, regardless of what species we are. They don't discriminate and neither do I. If you can't see that, then you'll end up like everyone else. Gerard snorted. You, you, you sound like my son. Besides Styles, Derek tensed. If there were more men, in the world like Chris Argent, then maybe it wouldn't have come to this. Gerard tilted his head with interest. Still alive, is he? Derek's nostrils flared. Gerard's eyes glittered with twisted amusement. Does he still keep the old code? He gave a short laugh. There is no code anymore, only survival, and those too weak to do what it takes. Cora folded her arms across her chest, no, no less fierce with her legs bare in, a, in her brother's shirt. It's pretty lonely when you... Nope. I forgot Cora's voice. It's pretty lonely when you betray everyone around you and they're all dead because you've only looked out for yourself, she said scathingly. Okay, let me just say, I like this version of Cora's voice than the version you did last week because last week I told you I hated that voice and I wouldn't hang out with Cora. That's what she sounded like. So. Okay. Sorry, I'm an asshole, but I like this version. <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of assholes. So one of my coworkers quit today. She just walked out. Oh, I love those walkouts. They're so dramatic. She's the one who I who who the penis conversation happened with. Mm. <laughs> but while she was there today, she said she told me she hates rock music. And I'm like, how can you hate rock music? And she says it sucks, especially Motley Crue. And I was like, we can't be friends anymore. No, God, she deserved to walk out. 
I was like, oh my God, you don't like Motley Crue? Who doesn't like Motley Crue? Seriously. <laughs> she, she's like, Motley Crue sucks. And I'm like, Nikki Six kicks ass. <laughs> Seriously. I just don't, I don't understand. Was she young? She's like 21. Oh, yeah. She's younger than us. That's, yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah, she's the one who told me she would cut me if I said penis again. Because penis is a gross word. Girl's going to go far. <laughs> okay, where was I? They each their own. With a twisted impression of a smile, Gerard leaned forward in his bonds as if whispering a great secret. It's that kind of soft thinking that gets a pretty little thing like you killed, sweetheart. <laughs> there was something just kind of satisfactory about saying that in a Southern accent. I loved it. Oh, my goodness. I have so many stories from work, but <laughs> let's, keep, let's go on before I take up all our time with people that annoy me at work. <laughs> Derek lunged. A snarl of pure, pure seething hatred torn from his lungs with visceral force as he seized Gerard's bound body and hauled him up to his feet, fangs bared, eyes flaring, alpha crimson. Tell me why I shouldn't rip your throat out right now. He snapped his words clumsy around his fangs, but no less menacing for it. Style staggered to his feet. Gerard laughed breathlessly. Because your, your little human pet is watching. Styles raised an eyebrow. This little pet human must have hit you pretty hard. If you've already forgotten, he did it pretty willingly. But you didn't kill me, Gerard managed as Derek lifted him higher. Hands clenched into fists as Gerard, in Gerard's clothing under his chin so he struggled to breathe. Go on, Alpha. Kill me, Gerard goaded. Derek's face morphed with the semi-transformation of his wolf blood, disfigured by his clear hatred, and for a moment, Styles wasn't sure which direction this would take. Derek may have been a predator, but his heart wasn't all that different from, from Styles's. He could kill a man to save his life, to save someone, but staring a man in the face and killing him where he stood in a moment of clear-headed thought was utterly different. I lost everything because of you. Derek all but spat, voice low and rough, and frayed with such pain that Styles felt his throat close up at the sound of it. I should rip you apart and leave you for the crows. Beside Styles, core shifted, jaw set tight, in the same way Derek's did. I'll, I'll do it if you don't, she growled darkly, slender fingers curled into clawed fists and weeping blood from their shaken bed in her palms. No, Derek breathed, grunted as if he'd been punched in the gut. He curled his fist under Gerard's chin, shaking with effort of reeling his rage in. He's the only animal here. He dro dropped Gerard like a sack of coal, letting him crumble hard at the impact with the ground and stepped away from him with disgust. You've been living in illusion. World. Wait, nope. You've been living in an illusion. World where you're above everyone else. But your life isn't worth any more 
than mine, just because I'm a werewolf. There was a brief moment where Derek's eyes cut to Styles, so brief that Styles was sure he hadn't realized he'd done it. You're the kind of man that's watched the world fall apart around him and has learned nothing, but I have. Gerard chuckled darkly, rocking upright clumsily, but with no less of derisive, of a derisive smile on his crinkled face, as if he were, as if he still had the upper hand. You've learned, have you, boy? You've learned that since time, a flash of skirt was all it took to blind you to someone infiltrating. Nope, you've learned since that time. A flash of skirt was all it took to blind you to someone infiltrating your defenses. He pushed his bound hands, his bound hands flat on the ground to level his, lever himself up with his legs still tied. Pity you hadn't learned quicker. Maybe your pack would still be here. He spat, he spat the word pack like it was the filthiest curse and Derek went rigid. Cora jerked, but Styles struck. He kicked the man hard in the side, making him crumble like a beaten pup. And the cry of pain wiped the look of superiority from his wretched face. So Styles just punched him. No, he kicked him in the side. Oh, kick, kicked him. Okay, he kicked him. But Cor- like Cora and Styles were both kind of like edging towards him. Yeah. But Styles hit first. Uh huh. Okay. And then what, what does the flash of skirt mean? Does that mean the, is he talking about like his daughter? Yeah. He's talking about Kate seducing Derek Derek to burn down the hell uh, house on the reserve. Whoever Styles had been years ago, what kind of, whatever kind of boy his parents had raised, however much he knew it was wrong. He knew a moment of satisfaction, satisfaction, even as he staggered back from the impact, shaking all over. Because ever since he'd laid eyes on Gerard, he started to remember the darkness, the cruelty, the vileness that humanity was capable of. Things he'd forgotten in his solitude. And it was all too clear to see how the world had collapsed in on itself. The blood was pounding in his ears so ferociously his gaze so fixed on the man cupping his side on the ground that he didn't realize Derek had hold him, had a hold of him until he was shaking him slightly. Styles' eyes locked with Derek's and he realized he was talking. With him, when we get back, like civilized people, not like the dogs he thinks we are. Derek shook him a little more firmly when Styles and Ray's gaze wandered to Gerard again, and he was met with the intensity of Derek's conviction. It was then that Styles remembered just how long Derek had dealt with people like Gerard for, how he'd helped to build the last potential civilization on in the continent. He'd had time to grow beyond this burst of loathing for people like this, to cope with it even though he shouldn't have to. Styles still had a way to go. The rage dwindled in him like a flame being blown out and he nodded as he deflated, shaking from the aftermath of it. Derek squeezed his shoulder a final time and stepped away. Styles turned 
in time to watch him vanish through the trees. He saw Cora watching him, caught the way his eyebrows rose at him, though he couldn't tell if she was alarmed, annoyed, or impressed. Perhaps like him, she was just wondering which of them should go after Derek. They were caught in a precarious place with Cora's lost time with her big brother and Styles' unnamed connection. In the end, she signed and gestured with her hand, with her chin impatiently in Derek's direction, a clear suggestion to follow. It was on the tip of Styles' tongue to ask her if she'd be all right with, her pris with their prisoner. As if she read his mind, she flashed her eyes in a would-be warning and started to shrug off Derek's shirt as she reclaimed her wolf's fur to chase away the blue tinge staring at the edges of her fingers and toes. He found, Derek, he, he found Derek stooped over a thin stream not too far from their stopping point and splashing water across his face and hair until he was drenched and shuddering. Hey, Derek called out, rushing over to him. Derek, it's freezing this morning. What are you doing? Derek ignored him, diving his hands into cup chilly water, splashing it across his face. His motions grew more frantic the longer Styles watched. His skin pimpled, pimpled from the cold as water trickled down the tight muscles of his shoulders and back. Derek! Styles cried, and at last Derek stopped. He remained bowed over, though, his hands braced, white-knuckled on the bank as he stared hard into the water that remained. He didn't say anything. The longer he stared, the longer and thinner the silence stretched. The more uncertain Styles grew. He swiped his tongue over his dry lips as anxiety prickled through his chest. Derek, he murmured, voice softer with con con contrition, 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 contrition. <laughs> I was out of line. I don't know what happened back there. I just... He made you angry, Derek almost whispered, not looking at him. Styles drew in a sharp breath. He made me fucking insane, Derek. Styles replied honestly. The way he looked at you all, the way he talked about you and your family, not just now, but before, the links he was willing to go to to get rid of you all. It's beyond simple elitism. It's his face twisted. There wasn't even a word for Gerard's cruelty, his insanity. I'm sorry. At last, Derek looked at him, turning his head just enough so that he could do so, but not moving in any other way. Because you were angry for me. Because I let him get the better of me and showed myself to be every bit as bad as he was. Styles protested, even though he wasn't really sorry, even though he... It felt good. It wasn't even as much justice as Derek deserved. The only reason he was really upset was because he didn't want Derek to think, what? You're 10 times the man he is, Styles. You're, you're everything. Everything I said, it's something I've been trying to face all this time. Back at the reservation, but I've learned most of it from you. Oh, it's so sweet. 
he loves him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Love I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know it's a strong word, but he's got the feels. He got the feels. We should write a song. He got the feels. <laughs> the feels. <laughs> it's a talking about the love word my stupid my daughter was listening to the angry birds soundtrack the angry birds 2 movie uh-huh. and they have the song la 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 i heard a song at work the other day and i thought of you and then i thought that's terrible oh no rude <laughs> was it a bad song there is no arizona oh yeah that song if there were Oh, Grand Canyon, you could feel it with the lies he's told her. That song. (laughs) Yeah, that's like a, I know the song because I used to, it's like 90s country. Yeah. (laughs) But I was like, hey, Justina's in Arizona. (laughs) Yeah. Or Jess. Jess is in Arizona. No, no, no. I'll go by my name. I'm good. Yeah. I mean, you go by your name in the Facebook group. Yeah. I don't. But I'm legally changing my name to Johnny anyway. You know, I'm so excited for you. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to pay for the licensing for that song now. <laughs> okay, you ready to get back to the story? Yes. Okay. Styles felt his insides jerk as if he'd missed a step, clinching in a thrilling mixture of anticipation and, and, and uncertainty. The atmosphere made his face flush, even though his breath still furled out in wisps of mist on the chilly air. It was the way Derek looked at him, the way his voice went warm and soft and intimate, as every insignificant word were a lover's secret. At least that's the way it felt to him, the soft lines around his eyes, the rough scruff of his beard. It just made him want to see every sunrise with this man. The idea that the vibe he was getting from Derek might be all be in his head was almost as terrifying as the thought itself. I'm sorry, I keep stuttering tonight. I think you're doing fine. I don't think it's too bad. Staring at him in awe for a long moment that stretched out in the crisp morning air, Styles parted his lips but didn't quite manage to express either the awe or the question that hovered on the tip of his tongue. Derek had liberated him from loneliness and so much more, and he couldn't see how he taught or offered Derek anything. Derek kept his gaze on him, though, as he swept the worst of the water from his face and reached for his discarded shirt and jacket. Styles watched him as he redressed, watched the droplets cling to his disheveled, damp hair catch the light like crystals, and he got it. Even in his uncharacteristic speechlessness, Derek had washed away the tension, the hatred, the overwhelming heat of anger Gerard had instilled in him in that water, and the strength it had taken to do that made him even more beautiful. Wait, 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 wait. I guess I got lost. He's, like, now kind of bathing in the water, like, to cool off. Like, he was, he was splashing his face, but now he's kind of, like, well, now. Now he's getting dressed. Styles is saying the reason he, he was doing that before was to wash away the hatred. That's why he was splashing water on him before. He's not doing it now. 
Why was he shirtless? Or why was he naked? He was, was just he... shirtless. Oh, okay. He was just shirtless. He took the shirt off so he wouldn't get the shirt wouldn't get wet while he was splashing his face. I, I got it. Okay. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Styles moistened his dry lips. When Derek seemed to register his staring with a tilt of his head, Styles cleared his throat and sank down beside him as he ca as casually as he could manage. How do you do it? He asked, fingers curling instinctively around the familiar, comforting thread of the red string in his pocket that somehow worked through his busy fingers as they spoke. Keep your head when someone looks at you like that. Acts like it. it's normal to treat one's life over another. Derek looked him looked over at him, drink, taking a drink from his cup, ha, cupped hands, the moisture clinging to his beard and fingers, as his thoughts visibly worked across his features. He stared out into the trees as if he was seeing the world lying beyond them, remembering the way it used to be when his family still shared it with him. When the Ardents, nope, when the Argents outed us as beasts to our hometown. And we lost some of our pack in the riots, Derek began distantly. My uncle wanted to rip them all to pieces, burn the whole town to on our way out. He wanted to show every one of them who'd they mess with, exactly who had ensured no other supernatural creature had infiltrated or destroyed their town like so many others. But my mother stopped him. She said that if we acted in a monstrous way, we may as well be the monsters they accused us of being. That we had to be better than that. Derek's mouth twisted into a stunning, fond, bittersweet smile, almost lost in pensiveness and Styles felt his heart thud a little faster at the sight. She was a good alpha. I could only hope to be like her, but I have to try. Derek turned his head to meet his eyes at the kick in his heartbeat, and Styles quickly glanced away, focusing intently on the twist of string between his ever-moving fingers. I've never met anyone like you. He travels so far from home, and been witness to so many things, but he'd been he'd seen so little of people. Derek had seen the best and worst of humanity, of the world, and he still wanted to be a part of it. For his mother, for the pack he lost, your pack protected your hometown, protected Beacon Hills, just like you protected the settlement, he said thoughtfully, winding the red string around and around as he spoke, men mesmerized by the frayed edges. Like you protected me. His voice, his words, the moment was almost lost in the quiet. He blinked when Derek lowered himself to his haunches in front of him, his eyes bright as he studied Styles' mouth. As he studied Styles' mouth, then his eyes, then drank in the rest of his face. When Styles looked back to the string in his grasp, Derek's fingers covered his to still the motion so that he had no choice but to meet his gaze again. Derek hooked, to, hooked the tips of his fingers in the loops wrapped around Styles' own. A charge rushed through them, a charge rushed through them, 
for they touch. And when Derek's lips parted around words, Derek's eyes dipped to them again. His fingers tightened in the tangled thread between Styles' finger, and he reeled them so close that Styles could taste his breath. His eyes fluttered so close. So close. Get closer, get closer. <laughs> Can I? Styles breathed, because what if the basics of human contact and interaction had vastly changed since he last wanted someone like this? Had he ever have he had he ever wanted someone like this? It'd been so long, and his body ached, yearned for more of the touch holding him close, and yet shook with the intensity of it all the same. There was no room between them for anything, not even a hair's breadth of space of misunderstanding now, surely. De Derek didn't answer, though. His eyes seemed locked on Styles's mouth, on every freckle, mole, and flaw up this close. Derek's thumb grades grazed the edge of scar tissue bisecting one side of his face and Styles's thoughts stilled because he almost forgotten about his scars. There weren't many mirrors in the world the way it was now and the way he looked had ceased to matter back when he thought he was still all alone in the world. Oh man that we haven't talked about his scars like for a long while. Yeah. Like since like chapter one. Yeah. Oh bringing it back. A blimp of uncertainty as to how his scars may be received were a reminder that he wasn't alone anymore. A reminder of just how much he had changed. But that uncertainty was short-lived. Derek stared at him and it did matter and yet it didn't because Derek drank him in like a man half-starved and he found him not wanting in the least. Styles' busy thoughts must have shone on his face because Derek's thoughtful expression merged into a breathtakingly soft, adoring look, and his fingers splayed to cup Styles' entire, entire cheek. Styles, he said so, oh, so softly. Yeah. It wasn't a question, it was an assent, an agreement, an, exalt, an exaltation of utter giddy giddying relief they were on the same page Derek edged closer so that when he whispered the next words Styles felt the movement against his mouth more than he heard the words let me Styles's hand flew up tearing free of the bonds of the string to grasp at Derek's neck his fingers curling tight and clumsy and needy in his damp hair their mouths touched tentatively once then twice, as if afraid, pressing more fervently would break the intimacy between them. Their no noses brushed together as they hovered between a third brush of lips. A stray droplet of water from Derek's damp fore forelock dipped down the length of Styles' nose to catch his breath. The cool, global, globule felt like an icy link across his mouth flush hot with Derek's breath and proximity. The little gasp that he sucked in seemed to break the spell of hesitation and their mouths bumped together at last. Styles felt like a man submerged without a chance to draw breath, except Derek's heat was worth more than air. He was close, so close, arms gripping at his shoulders and scraping inelegantly at his nape from below pulling him in tight and his clothesless 
closeness made Styles numb to everything but him. It was a clumsy thing. They parted enough to gasp for air, but no more than that. Locked close, nuzzling together in an extended kiss when their mouths could not. You, you don't seem excited. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. This is warming the little bit of soul that I have left, and I don't want to ruin the moment. <laughs> he licked his lips absently, nervously shaking with the intensity of, of such closeness. Tasted Derek's breath on his lips, and Derek jerked as if electrocuted at the feeling the movement so close to his own. His nostrils flared, fingers curving against the column, around the column of Derek's, <laughs> fingers curving around the column of Styles' throat, cupping it as if it were a wondrous thing, his thumb caressing his collarbone with, while his gaze searched Styles' soul through his eyes. Derek caressed the hollow at Styles' throat reverently, his own eyes bright with so many heated emotions. He drew Styles' mouth to his again, and Styles was torn between melting and taking readily as he gave. Their mouth undulated more fervently together, tongues touching, trading little gasping groans. Styles could feel himself sinking into him and wanted to fall forever and forget the world. Derek was a searing heat in, the wor in a world of cold loneliness, and it felt like a brand wherever he touched. <clears throat> they tumbled sideways into the damp leaves, feverish and grasping, hungry, hungry for more than sex. It was a need for confirmation of a connection they both felt blooming like a bud into a rose, or perhaps an equally red blood stain on, a, on silk. It felt a powerful... It felt as powerful, as striking, as and as beautiful. Derek's mouth caught the corner of uh, nope. Styles's mouth caught the corner of Derek's. His cheek cheekbone aflame with desire and irritated by Derek's beard. Derek twisted his head to nip and suck at his skull, scarred jawline with equal need. His lip traced the scar that cut across his flesh. Old now from time spent healing alone where nothing mattered. Derek mattered though, and Styles wasn't alone anymore. Styles gasped as Derek Styles gasped as Derek's beard scraped his earlobe, the roughness soothed by a hot, flickering tongue, and before it was caught between blunt teeth. Then he froze. He went rigid with the cold blast of unease that ripped through his body like an explosion of icy water. At the same time, Derek tensed and they drew apart, eyes, eyes wild with dread because they both felt it, something bad. There was a wrongness in the air, like the fizz after a lightning, stri lightning strike. Styles watched a frowl draw tight between them, Derek's brow. Move! Derek gasped out, flying back and dragging Styles to, to his feet. Styles staggered at the sudden movement. He felt the wrongness, the warning buzz in the bones that he couldn't identify. But clearly, Derek knew what it was. What? Well, I'm happy that they had a moment, but all they've gotten was a moment. Like, <laughs> off to another adventure. <laughs> it was a nice little makeout session. For sure. There was even some ear nibbling. Yep. 
and all the caressing. Some mm. beard burn. Yeah, beard burn. <laughs> beard burn is a thing. No, I know. My husband has a beard. It hurts. I hate it. I've told him you either keep your skin smooth or let the beard grow out so that it's like soft. Yeah. Because that in between uh-huh. fucking hurts. Yeah. Oh, there he is, Derek. Look at What? Styles choked out, head still fuzzy with arousal and everything else. Derek, what? And before Derek could answer, it sounded like the gun, like the ground bursting open and flying up to meet the sky tore through the forest. The birds erupted from the trees and covered the sky, an echo of the stampede back in Salva- Salva- Salvada. <laughs> I haven't least- had to say that word in a while. <laughs> Yeah, and she said, like, she made these places up, so it's okay if we mispronounce them. Yeah. Derek tilted his head, visibly testing the air, and then Dredd drew his expression down. Hunters, he breathed. More hunters. Gerard's laughter filled the air as they skidded back to, into camp. The sound cracked and chilling in its madness. Did you think I didn't have a contingency plan? He chuckled with cruel satisfaction. Did you think I didn't have scouts that would come looking for me if I didn't maintain contact? I didn't survive the end of the world to be outsmarted by a bunch of rabid dogs and the misguided human bitch. Uh, <laughs> oh, Gerard. That's <laughs> Gerard at his best, guys. <laughs> Another roar of explosion closer than before. It made the ground shake and Styles steadied himself on Derek's arm as he looked around. Derek jerked his head in Cor's direction. Four wolves staring back at him. Some sort of understanding seemed to pass between them. Then Derek drove for Gerard. What are you doing? Styles demanded. If we have to get moving, then just leave him here. Derek grunted as he hauled the, hauled the old man over one shoulder. He didn't seem heavy to Derek, only awkward in his writhing, awkward weight. If we, if we lose sight of him, now we'll, we'll be looking over our shoulders for the rest of our lives, he said, jerking his head toward the t- trees. Always, every single time. <laughs> My friend, you need to look at the notification settings. (laughs) The Camaro isn't far now. We have to get moving. At that moment, a sharp whistling rush cut cut through the air. An arrow struck the nearest tree, exploding on impact and sending debris flying. The sound echoing through the clearing with deafening renaissance. Renaissance. Not renaissance, renaissance. (laughs) It was the same as before. They were being herded, rounded up like diseased cattle. Styles' arm flew up to cover his head from the flying bark and the smoke, the blow missing them by a margin. Run! Derek cried, a word that he'd barked at Styles in just that way more than once since they met. Styles caught his eye and hesitated. Derek took a lunging step forward. Run! 
he demanded, the urgency breaking his voice. Styles ran, caught up in the whirlwind of the plaque's flight carried with them. The rain of explosions followed them as they bolted. Detonating arrows sent earth flying up to the sky like great sprays of the ocean. Crashing against a cliff face, he sped into the covers of trees, ducking his head as another arrow struck one nearby, bark splintering off in the blast. Styles cried out as the flying shard of splintered bark sliced across his bicep, sending a sharp sting through his arm, but he didn't stop. His heart pounded in his chest. His breath burst through his lungs into sharp, sudden gasps muscles screaming as he pushed them to their limit. He heard the, he heard the sound of the wolves running behind him, dodging, dodging the hunter's fire, the hunter's fire. He ran and ran until his legs hurt, but all he could see were the trees he couldn't recognize. Then, with despair thick in his throat, he caught sight of them. Cora, he thought, fur as black as Derek's, as she flew along, alongside him, up ahead of him, then Erica, Boyd, and Isaac, coming up either side of him like pilots flanking his movements. He wasn't as fast as them, but they never drew away entirely, never left him in their dust. Only found out, fanned out as if, as if to draw off the fire. He heard the roar of the an engine, the hunters giving chase, and he knew he wasn't quick enough. But in that brief, giddying moment, he realized he was running with werewolves, like their pack, and he felt like he was flying. His lungs were on fire by the time they reached the place where the trees led out by the mi miners' cottages. He skidded to a halt as he watched the wolves pull back, peel back, whirling around to see them darting back the way they'd come. Derek was nowhere to be seen. He started after them, confused and shattered, but Cora staggered out of her wolf shape, fangs tainting her words and her eyes flashing with supernatural, supernatural desperation. The car, she panted, get the damn car. He hesitated, eyes on the streets as she vanished like the others, as the roar of whatever vehicle carried the hunters drew closer. Derek was back there. Derek was back there somewhere and he was standing there useless for just a brief moment He'd known belonging of the like he had almost forgotten, and it was slipping through his fingers as swiftly as it come. Oh, I feel like Wait, I'm <clears throat> what, what, why is Derek behind them? What I, is stopping him? The, I mean, he had Gerard, or he was like trying to take him with him, right? Remind me again what happened to Derek. Okay, so they're running in the forest. They're running in the forest. To the Camaro. They're all running in the They're, the they're back. Uh, Styles and Cora got back to yeah. the house where the Camaro is hiding. Yeah. Styles looks around and all he sees is Cora. The rest are still back in the forest. Cora shifts back to him and tells him to get the damn car. Okay. And runs back yeah. into the forest. Let's continue on. Yes. Continue. Thank you for catching me up. I just, I got lost. <clears throat> I mean, like, he's worried about the rest of the pack. Yeah. Could sort of. I mean, <laughs> but Derek, he's like very worried about. So, yeah. A sharp, whining snarl of pain tore through the air. Then another, punctuated with human cries, sounds like gunfire. 
He took an abortive step forward, then thought of the car. He set his jaw against the bitter taste of helplessness and turned. He felt sick with exhaustion, nausea thick in the back of his throat as he staggered toward the little rundown garage he'd stowed the Camaro in. He hauled open the rickety wooden garage door, wincing at the screeching sound, but then he paused, straining to hear beyond the blood thudding loudly in his ears. Silence. Nothing. All was still, eerily quiet in the blood-hued dawn. Then suddenly, an explosion echoed in the tree, followed by a haunting howl. Stiles felt his stomach drop. He stumbled hurriedly toward the Camaro. Digging the keys out of the bag, he snatched up and slammed the car into reverse. He tore around the little row of houses, rolling down the windows as he sped toward the largest gap in the trees he could find. His skin was dripping with sweat, muscles quivering from exertion, but his bones, bones vibrated with awareness of the danger. He drove as fast as he dared through the trees as they closed in and in, then slammed on the brakes at the piercing howl that ripped through the air. He waited. There was no sound but the low grumble of the Camaro's engine idling. His fingers tightened a white-knuckled grip around the steering wheel. His breath evened out to a more manageable level the longer he sat there, but his heart pounded so hard he thought his head might explode or he might pass out. His mind reeled. Derek had been right behind them. He was sure of it, even with Gerard. Those shots, those screams, both human and wolf. What happened? Grinning his teeth against the unbearable cold quiet of the world, he recognized all too well. Styles felt in that moment entirely alone. Lost. After the commodity of Derek's company, of the presence of the pack, it felt like he was standing on an isolated mountaintop with only snow and empty chasms as far as he could see. Drifting like one of the fall leaves with no way forward and no way back. He felt movement just to his left before he saw it. The pack ambled quickly into view as humans, flecked with dirt and blood, but walking under their own power, battered but whole. They made a startling sight, like something out of a zombie apocalypse movie or a cannibal horror. Styles was out of the car before he could even process the thought that drove the action. He rounded the Camaro and found himself tearing toward Derek, who was the only one of them clothed and whose entire right side was smeared with dark patches of blood. Oh, no. Styles was called toward him on an instinct to wrap him, his arms around him, to anchor him in place, but he stopped short when he reached him. Skidding to a halt at the sight of Gerard's unconscious, wounded body still hanging over his shoulder. Hopefully it's not Derek's blood, and it's just Gerard being gross. I want to make some smart aleck comment in a southern say accent, it. but <laughs> do it. Go I, for I, it. No, I don't know what to say. Oh, it, it just felt if it comes on, just let it out. Well, yeah, I, I'm here to listen to it. <laughs> Wait, it's getting a little serious right now. We need a little humor. Gerard's gonna get what's coming to it. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Styles felt the sickly feeling ebbing slightly and studied Derek, lost for a beat on how to act how now everything was laid bare between them, especially given the circumstances. In less than a day, his world had changed. 
had lurched forward and halted and sped off again more times than a roller coaster, and his mind was reeling with it all. He felt dizzy with it where he stood. Derek's eyes were so green at that moment, piercing him in place like a butterfly. I literally lost my place <laughs> in the middle, right in the middle of reading. Sarah, Derek's eyes were so green. Derek's eyes were so green that that moment, piercing him in place like a butterfly in a glass case. Whatever Derek saw in him, though, he didn't tear his gaze away as he loaded Gerard's limp body off to Boyd, off onto Boyd's broad shoulders. The old man was bleeding heavily, Styles noted, and didn't so much as twitch at the handling. He so wasn't worth risking your life over, Styles chided, feeling nauseous again at the thought of nearly losing him, of trying to process everything that had happened. The dark possibilities were maddling. He's not, Derek murmured absently as his mind wasn't on his words. But doing the right thing is. Another beat of listless wandering on Styles's part of not knowing his place in the ever-changing tides and Derek's broke the emotional impasse. He reached forward, wrapping Styles in his arms and squeezing him tight as if Styles were the one that had nearly been lost. Every one of Styles' weary limbs protested at the firm embrace, though his chest swelled and his heart pattered readily at the associated safety, warmth, comfort, even as the sky began to weep soft, drizzling rain. He felt like standing there in Derek's embrace. He couldn't be washed clean of everything that had happened, of the panic and of the terror and the death. It felt like he could feel the strength in him to start again without any confusion his, this time as, it were where, as to where he belonged. Derek pressed his nose ever so slightly against the apex of his jaw, just under his ear, as if that were the space that best confirmed Styles was saved. Styles breathed him in. Let's go, Derek whispered gently. He drew back the clear with clear reluctance, and they approached the car as Boyd closed the rear passenger door. Apparently, having managed to squeeze Gerard's unco unconscious body in the back somewhere, just like throw him in the trunk. <laughs> yeah, they really just should have. They should have. I mean, you, there's four, including Cora, right? Four, and then the three others. I mean, yeah, Cora and the three others. So, I mean, the car is going to be a tight fit anyway. Yeah, Camaro does, is, is, is a sports vehicle. There's not yeah. a lot of room in that thing. No, I mean, you figure, and even if it wasn't a sports car, a typical car has two seats in front and three in the back. Uh -huh. So they were already going to be squeezed in with the four of them in the back. Yeah. Now they have this asshole, like, taking up extra room. You may be able to fit four people in if they're, like, teacup humans. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's because we were teenagers <laughs> and we were determined to fit as many people in, as possible into that car. Yeah. My mom, like when I was growing up, had this tiny little hunchback car. And as teenagers, we decided to see how many people we could squeeze in there all at once. And it, be it becomes a clown car. You can fit a lot of people into a little car. Yeah, Comfortably? No. But you could get them in. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, do you, you do stupid stuff all the time? And could, oh. I remember one night we found like an abandoned grocery cart and see, and what we were just like pushing each other in it as fast as we could go. <laughs> the stupid shit of our youth. <laughs> now to think about doing that, you're like, I'm too tired. <laughs> I'm like, my, uh, I, my bones hurt. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I could climb into a grocery cart anymore. I don't think I could climb in. I don't think I could get out. You'd have to like tip it over. I mean, I can pull, I can put my legs up pretty high. Like I can kick pretty high because I stretch constantly and I can put my leg over a cart, but I don't think I could climb into one anymore. Yeah. I don't think I could. I don't know. I'm not even going to try. It hurts. It it hurts me to think about trying. Yeah. Oh, but no, uh. You can fit it if you're determined. You can fit a lot of people into one car, but not comfortably. No, I mean I'm sure Cora is probably really comfortable with the three. There's two girls and no, there's two guys. Two guys, a girl, and then Cora. So two yeah. girls, two guys. I mean, they probably are comfortable enough that they they can yeah cuddle up with each other. But yeah. Okay, let's see. Get back to our broadcast. Back to our broadcast after hearing some stupid stories about Johnny's youth. Feeling the night the previous day, all of it catching up with him, Styles felt slightly spaced as he slid into the front passenger seat. Where are you all going to fit, he managed, confused as Derek took the wheel. Cora, naked and unashamed, turned her brown eyes on him and spoke. We, we've got enough go left to beat you back to the den she offered with weariness and the lasting roughness of the moon unable to quell the amused twist of her lips. Styles turned to Derek as he as the others changed, stalking ahead at a pace quick for a human and perhaps slow for a werewolf. Derek then looked ashen, bloody, but seemed to be healing and he directed the car after the pack more capably than Styles probably could have at the moment. Styles dragged his ham over ham. ham where the hell did ham come from? <laughs> Styles dragged his hand over his grubby face. Did you get them? The hunters, whoever it was that had tried to take coal them like cockroaches. Yes. Derek's tone was clipped, guarded, uncertain. There won't be anyone to come after us. Style. <clears throat> Derek hesitated kept his eyes on the road as he guided the car just behind the pack's progress, letting them lead the way. No. Styles exhaled shakily, relieved, tired. Good, he murmured, and didn't hesitate to reach out and cover Derek's hand on the gear shift. Their fingers curled together, and Derek's thumb brushed against his. And we're done. No. Whoa. This was a short chapter, first of all. That went way too fast. Yeah. Second of all, I know I've complained about the slow burn uh-huh. for a long time. I'm sure everybody is just fucking tired. Like, just shut your face. But, like, oh, my God, we're getting contact and they like each other. They had a makeout session. They made it out. A short makeout session, but it was a makeout session. And they're so sweet together. They just, oh. I just want to cuddle them. Yeah. But wow. I mean, I'm hoping now that Derek thinks they got everybody 
that it's smooth sailing, but I mean, we're still got quite a few chapters to go. I don't think it is. I think more is going to happen. That was that was the end of chapter seven. We have like five chapters that are broken up, but we have about five chapters, right? Twelve. We're hitting into eight or four. I don't know. Okay, so that was chap. That was episode sixteen, right? Mm-hmm. Next chapter is episode seventeen, chapter eight. The chapter is called symbio symbiosis, symbiosis, symbiosis. I always had trouble with that word. I don't even. I can't even. I think. I think it could be pronounced either way: symbiosis or symbiosis. What does that mean? Can you define it for me? It's like when, like, when, uh, like, two creatures have like a relationship where they share parts of themselves, like, uh, like their penis. No. Like okay, like some fishes like ride on like the backs of whales and they eat like the grime off of whales, which help the whales and it feeds the fish, you know, it's like, so it's like a working relationship, like a working relationship in nature. Okay. So, so not like, (laughs) yeah, that's what we were trying to, yeah, yeah, what we were trying to, it's symbiosis. That's what I was saying. Okay. But the chapter is called symbiosis part. It's going to be part one. So we're we're on to chapter eight next week. Oh, it's so exciting! And we got a little uh, science, little science lesson there. For sure, yeah. I didn't know that's uh, that's a hyper little Nori is so smart, and she uses smart words. And I'm not smart. <laughs> I'm not as smart as her. It's beautiful. Okay, here, here, here's what you here's something you you, you might be interested to know. Okay, so. Episode one seventeen. Next week is yeah. next week, and then eighteen is symbiosis part two. Nineteen is chapter nine, and that's catharsis, and part one, and then ch- episode twenty is the end of chapter nine, catharsis part two. And so we have three more episodes, and then we will be two-thirds done with this story. We're getting so close to the end. That's Oh, I don't want it to end. You don't want it to end? I do, but I, you know, I, but then I don't. I'm love, I love this story so much. It's good. It's good. Like, so good. Pretty soon. It, it's sad, but soon this is going to end, and then we're going to have to choose a new story. I know. I was also looking at the calendar and in our drunken state last week, I promised you a Valentine's Day special. So I just, I just realized <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I'm going to, I want to do it and chaotics. Let us know if you want us to give you a little Valentine's Day oh, hookup. Let's call it a Valentine's Day hookup. Let us know in our Facebook group. Yeah. Cause we have, we only have like a couple weeks till we have, till we need to get that done. I know it's like three weeks till Valentine's Day. Like, um, January is almost over. This is nuts. Speaking of, I have bad news. The uh, Pensacon, which I was going to in the end of February, was canceled. Yes. Oh, shitty. I I do. Uh, they're gonna reschedule it, but as of right now, I do not get to meet my childhood childhood hero, James Marsters. 
That's shitty. Are they are they just refunding you the money for the ticket? They're honoring the ticket to for the next for the new for the next schedule. Well, hopefully it works out with James too that he can make it for the next reschedule for the when they reschedule it. Yeah, I was really sad yesterday because like I'm like, but 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 James Marsters, my childhood hero. I know it's that's shitty. It's for the best though. You know when I get yeah everything's still just so up in the air up in the air and it's for the best but it's also that's heartbreaking and that sucks yeah and I'm like really surprised I haven't gotten sick by now so knock on wood (laughs) I don't want to chance it and I'm so glad like they we learned that it was canceled before we before uh we bought our plane tickets and our uh hotel room Mm mm-hmm I think yeah, I'm, I feel like your time, the timing's pretty good there, but yeah. that's also, wah. yeah. We were like, we were gonna buy the plane tickets and the uh, hotel room today. Mm. Oh, that is good timing. You got the notice. Did you get the notice earlier today or yesterday? Yesterday, because we called the hotel to to uh, reserve the rooms and then pay them today, mm-hmm. and they said, "Oh yeah, that was canceled." <laughs> Because we're like, we're, we're going to the Pensacon and we need rooms close by. And we decided since we're going, we wanted to try a bed and breakfast. And you were a bed and breakfast close by. And they're like, oh, yeah, the Pensacon was canceled. And I'm like, what? Look on my phone. <laughs> it's also really cool that the bed and breakfast knew about it. Yeah. And that they weren't like, oh, book anyway for yeah. this room you can't cancel. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, that's so cool. Did we already meet when, uh, did we already, li- never mind, because I don't want to spoil it for Jess. Uh, I'm, it's fine. Go ahead. Did we already <laughs> see when Lydia found out that Jackson's gay? Oh, surprise there. <laughs> oh. Look, okay, so in the last season, Jackson shows back up with a boyfriend and Lee, Lydia's like, you're with him, and you're with him? Like, Finally! <laughs> I, I thought you'd never figure it out. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. All right. Well, let's close this up now, because I'm mm-hmm. getting tired. Agreed. All right. Well, Chaotix, thank you for joining us today. Like mentioned before, join in on the conversation in our Facebook group, The Ships of Chaos. Uh, absolutely let us know about our Valentine's Day hookup and any fandoms you want to hear and have a wonderful week and we'll see you next Chaotic Thursday. Yeah, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. And goodbye, farewell, Avita saying goodnight. Okay. Oh, do you remember, um, because you're you're a couple years older than me, Uh did you ever watch like the Disney Channel? Do you remember Bear and... Bear in the Blue Blue House. Out of the box. Yeah. Goodbye. Farewell to you, my friend. <laughs> I tried that show with my daughter. She had she wanted nothing to do with it. Hmm. That sucks. All right. Good night. All right. Good night. Drive safely. I will. Thank you for joining us on our journey today. We'd like to thank Hyper Little Noi for allowing us to read her masterpiece, Radio Tower, and to our listeners who welcome us into their homes every week. We love any reviews, 
downloads, subscriptions. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and archive of our own as Ships of Chaos. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next Chaotic Thursday.